Hi, I'm Dr. Olga Pinkston, a board-certified rheumatologist and the host of the Mind Your Fiber podcast. This podcast is dedicated to fibromyalgia. I discuss up-to-date information about fibro, its treatment, the biology and psychology of the fibromyalgia. I cover the pain science education, the complementary and alternative methods available to you now to improve your symptoms. There are a lot of things that influence development of fibromyalgia trigger fiber flares, and produce other symptoms like IBS or irritable bowel syndrome, depression, and anxiety, and none of them are your fault. In the Mind Your Fiber podcast, you will learn how and why fiber develops, how chronic pain changes your brain, and most importantly, that you're not alone in the struggle, that fiber is real, and how to not let fiber control your life. This podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. Well, hello, my friends. You're listening to the Mind Your Fibro podcast, episode number two. During the last episode, we talked about fibromyalgia, what it is, who gets it, and the fibro symptoms. In this episode, I will focus on how fibro is diagnosed. During my training to become a rheumatologist, it probably took me a year to become comfortable with diagnosing fibromyalgia. To become a rheumatologist in U.S., you need to complete medical school, then spend three years of internal medicine residency, and then additional two years studying rheumatology in a fellowship program. I completed my medical school and internal medicine residency at the University of Louisville in Kentucky. I took a year off to work as a hospital doctor treating sick hospitalized patients before moving to Florida with my family to study rheumatology. I am grateful for my time studying rheumatology at the Mayo Clinic in Florida, not only because it provided me with excellent rheumatology training, but it also exposed me to fibromyalgia and chronic pain treatment the way few programs do. Mayo Clinic has had fibromyalgia clinic before fibro was even recognized by the World Health Organization. Patients from all over the U.S. and the world get diagnosed and treated there. It is a major fiber research and education center. So I was a fellow studying rheumatology over four years out of medical school, finished internal medicine residency, already practicing internist, and I found it challenging to diagnose fibro. I was often the patient's third, fourth, fifth rheumatologist. Patients were seeking yet another opinion coming to Mayo Clinic. A lot of pressure to get it right. It took a year of listening to my patients, examining them, learning, but also comparing fiber symptoms to other symptoms of other rheumatologic conditions to learn what fiber was and fiber was not. I want to emphasize that I had to learn all other painful conditions, diagnose many, many patients with other autoimmune conditions to know what fiber is and fiber was not. And then fiber can coexist with other painful conditions. So it took me time to wrap my mind that people will travel from all over to get the correct diagnosis of fibromyalgia, to recognize that fiber diagnosis is just as valid diagnosis as rheumatoid arthritis or lupus, to learn that living with fibromyalgia is a challenge, to know it is real. So let's talk about how fibromyalgia is diagnosed. The diagnosis of fibromyalgia evolved over time. Like many other disorders, the progress of medical science keeps revising how fibromyalgia is diagnosed. Although fibro has been a health problem dating back thousands of years, the formal recognition of the disorder by the 
World Health Organization did not happen until 1990, the same year the American College of Rheumatology published its first guidelines. Since 1990, there have been several editions of the diagnostic guidelines, with the latest version published in 2016. Interestingly, I found several prominent websites and organizations who steal these 2010 guidelines. You can review the abstract of the guidelines visiting the link in the show note. So to be diagnosed with fibromyalgia, you must have widespread pain for at least three months. The 2016 guidelines remove the tender point count required for diagnosis before, as they may be absent in some patients. Other symptoms are also now included in the symptom severity score, fatigue, unrefreshed sleep, cognitive symptoms like brain fog, headaches, IBS-type symptoms, uh, pain, cramps in the lower abdomen, and depression. One important change in this version of guidelines is that now the patient who meet these criteria can be diagnosed with fibromyalgia regardless of other diagnoses, and it does not exclude the presence of other uh, illnesses. So this is new. Fibromyalgia used to be a diagnosis of exclusion. Now, fibromyalgia diagnosis can be present if you have other painful conditions. So you may have concurrent rheumatoarthritis and fibro, lupus and fibro, MS and fibro, etc. Although the published guidelines may sound straightforward, I caution you to avoid self-diagnosis. I recommend evaluation by an experienced physician, rheumatologist, neurologist, pain specialist, or primary care. Many of the patients I evaluated were appropriately diagnosed with fibromyalgia by the primary care doctors, who are also well-equipped to treat it. During the evaluation, a careful medical history is taken, including past and present health problems, what medications you take, family history, a physical exam should always be performed. Blood tests are often taken to rule out other conditions, as well as x-rays. I often see patients who already had a full workup done by the primary care. So I review the workup results, so I may not even order anything additional. I often hear this question, well, how do you know it's not lupus or rheumatoid arthritis? I think our bodies are amazing, and conditions and illnesses have many, many patterns. Just like a neurologist can diagnose many types of headaches, like tension, migraine, cluster, sinus, or you as a mom, know when you, your child has a mild cold, GI bug, flu, or something more serious, we know the patterns of pain and we rule things in and out based on the story, symptoms, exam, workup results, and prior experience. Now, as a new mom, I was terrified of missing something when my first baby was sick. And with kid number four, I can tell you I'm way more comfortable and less nervous when he is sick. Experience matter. There is an art to medicine as well as knowledge and experience. The pattern of pain in fibromyalgia is distinct from the pain of degenerative arthritis or inflammatory arthritis we see in lupus or rheumatoid arthritis. Pattern recognition is part of my daily medical practice. Through listening, observation, careful examination, I can distinguish a variety of painful conditions. Now, to diagnose fibromyalgia, you should have pain called widespread pain. The pain should be felt in four out of five body areas, upper and lower parts, left and right, excluding abdomen and face. The fifth area can be abdomen, chest, neck, upper and lower back. The pain should be present for at least three months at similar intensity. 
Now, many patients who are diagnosed with fibromyalgia had pain for years. It can come and go or be persistent and may move from one area to another. I often hear that everything hurts. Joints, muscles, skin, even my hair, scalp hurts. Now, you may feel like you have the flu, the body aches, and feeling of run down. Some describe the feeling of the pain as if it were run over by a truck. Numbness, tingling can accompany the pain, but typically, unlike the neuropathy, it is episodic and random and can move around the body. Some patients have tender points, places that feel tender or compressed. Some feel knots or tense muscles, but the tender points are no longer required for the diagnosis. The joint pain is never inflammatory, meaning there is no swelling, warmth, or redness. The joints may be painful, tender to touch, stiff, tight, or puffy. When I examine the joints, there is no swelling. Even if you, the patient, describe me the tightness or perceived swelling. Now, it takes a while to learn how to examine joints for feeling of swelling. It is a part of the training of, of, of a rheumatologist. There are other types of pain in fibro. Tension headaches and migraines are common. These can precede the diagnosis of fibromyalgia or develop over time. Stress, poor sleep quality, erratic sleep schedule, muscle tension, uh, excessive caffeine use due to fatigue and frequent use of pain medications are typical headache triggers. Now, chest pain is also frequent and can be described as chest tightness, tension, or pain in the rib joints or muscles. Now, if you're a female and you have risk factors for heart disease, you need to see your primary care to make sure the chest pain is not of cardiac origin. Now, you can also have fibromyalgia in other conditions. Fiber can be present if you have degenerative disc disease, chronic back pain, autoimmune conditions, sleep apnea, depression, anxiety. So you may have other types of pain in addition to fiber pain. The symptoms of fibromyalgia are real, but they are predictable. Knowing that you have fiber is a first step to a successful treatment. So let's summarize. Fibromyalgia is a real painful condition. The latest guidelines for diagnosis were published in 2016, and you can find them in the show notes. To be diagnosed with fibro, you need at least three months of widespread pain or pain all over in other fibro symptoms. Other conditions that may mimic fibro were already excluded, but you can have fibromyalgia along with other painful conditions like degenerative disease, chronic back pain, autoimmune conditions. Accepting that fibro is real is necessary for your successful treatment. Now that brings us to the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, the best thing you can do is to share with someone and leave a review and rating. This helps me support more people just like you move toward better life with fibromyalgia. All you have to do is to go to the platform you're listening on, click the share button or the icon, and just send it to a friend. I so appreciate you taking your time to do so. Make sure you sign up or subscribe to this podcast so you can get the most up-to-date information in the new episodes. Thanks for joining me today, and I will see you next week. And don't forget to mind your fibro. Disclaimer, this podcast provides information only and does not provide any medical or psychological services or advice. None of the content on this podcast prevents, cures, or treats any medical or mental condition.